0: Welcome to the Matterhorn Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Waller. Here, we have conversations about cultural studies, the arts, and writing. If you want to sign up to my Substack newsletter for free, just click on the link in this homepage. So I'm starting a new theme about parenting in the Matterhorn over the next few weeks. Um, And the first article is called Simply Parenting. Um, which investigates more um, from a philosophical and theoretical view just this concept of parenting and even the word itself, touching on a few cultures, but not really getting into too much literature um, or art here. So I'd love to hear more of your ideas, including related books and films and articles um, in the comments on the Matterhorn when this is published on Tuesday. So thanks a lot for listening. Parenting. What does the word even mean, and how is it evolving? This recent article for The New Yorker goes back to 1968, when a mother's love for her gay son led to the formation of PFLAG, Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. And I think this quote from the mother, Jean Manford, sums up what it means to be a parent of anyone, that is, to love unconditionally most of the solar system into the chasm between how the average American of that era would have reacted in that hypothetical situation and how Jean Manford responded upon learning that Morty was gay. She was dismayed to discover that his sexual orientation had troubled him for so long, but she herself was not concerned about it. Not for a moment did she entertain the possibility that something was wrong with him. Not for a moment did she wonder, as the otherwise supportive Jules initially did, if his gain has reflected some failing of theirs as parents. And not for a moment did she worry about how other people would react. She told her sisters and friends right away, making plain that she was fine with the information and they had better be too. You don't love him in spite of something, she later declared on national television, her face free of shadow or blur. You love him. Defining Cambridge tells us that a parent is, quote, a mother or father of a person or an animal, or someone who looks after a person in the same way that a parent does. Even without a biological child, most adults at some point parent, then. They parent another child or an animal. They look after a friend. Although parenting originally was linked to biology and ancestry, it it no longer necessarily has that meaning. From the online etymology dictionary, we learn more. Parent. Early 15th century, late 12th century is a surname. A mother or father, a forebear, ancestor, from Old French, parent, father, parent, relative, kin, 11th century. Directly from Latin, parentum, nominative, parents, father or mother, ancestor. Noun use of present participle, a ferire, bring forth, give birth to, produce. A parent as a verb can be or act as a parent to... Or, in the intransitive sense, be a parent. I also love that parenting, according to the same source, used to be called parent craft in some places. It makes it sound like either an art or a manipulative practice. I'm not sure which. I think sometimes I channel each of these with my son. Culture and parenting. Here are a few different ideas about parenting from around the world. Here I've linked um, three different videos, and I'll just explain the short description here, but you can see the videos once you look at the article. So Yogi Sadhuguru from India talks about parenting as being inclusive in a way that questions philosophically who is a parent and who is not. Next, we have Isis Lorena talking about what she sees as cultural differences in parenting between the UK and Brazil, and she's a UK national living in Brazil. Then there's the idea that it takes a village to raise a child which comes from africa but that hillary clinton made popular with her book here is a clinical psychologist natasha babul who grew up in foster care sharing her ideas about this concept gendered words and roles many now use the more generic parent in place of mother or father as well, in order to avoid gender biases within the roles associated with the words or complicate things when families have two fathers or two mothers or more than two parents or single parents or transgender parents. Basically, there are a lot of options, and that's great. Some of the articles mean well, but create more complication in their advice. Take this one from Australia, for example, in Mamma Mia. News Corp reports the handbook urges people wanting to refer to moms and dads to say gestational parent instead of mother and non-birthing parent instead of father when talking to colleagues and students. Yikes. It's crystal clear, however, that the mum may not be a gestational parent at all. Other examples they discuss perhaps make more sense. UK health officials have asked nurses at two hospitals to substitute the term breast milk for chest milk or human milk in an effort to be more inclusive to trans and non-binary parents. Breastfeeding will instead be referred to as chestfeeding. Some studies, like this one linked here, try to research the effects of mothers versus fathers and their absence on children. Most confirm there is very little difference between gay and straight parents, which tends to be the researched opposition. A lot of this research was done to either prove or disprove the capability of gay parents – It seems like these studies were forgetting also about the large number of children who only live with one parent, which is 23% of children in the US. And then if it's a single parent family, that person would take fathering and mothering roles themselves, or through friends and relatives. Of course, there have always been many kinds of alternative families, and in some cultures, families have never looked like a home with a mom and a dad and kids. In the Western world, some television and film have given positive models to viewers, such as Modern Family, Punky Brewster, Doc McStuffins, Little Miss Sunshine, Uncle, and even the Wayne Wang, Paul Abster collab we looked at a couple weeks ago, called Smoke. A different and wonderful kind of alternative family is also looked at in Jenny Livingston's documentary, Paris is Burning, which I'll be coming back to in June. I've got a clip also from Uncle here, which is still on BBC iPlayer and which I really loved. I would definitely check it out. It's good to have different kinds of role models, but parenting is about giving love, helping children understand the world, giving caring boundaries, as well as encouraging independence at the right time. It's about helping children be safe and happy, although it's not always or usually the parent's fault if that children is struggling either. Still, there are societal factors, and sometimes biological factors, that change situations for traditionally named mothers and fathers. Laws as well as social constructs around maternity and paternity leave, for example, affect people differently. In the small but international city of Basel, I have seen many dads on the playground with their children during typical working hours, but my stay-at-home dad friend in the surrounding countryside tells me he gets strange stares from the locals when he does the same thing. The stairs are even stronger when he's there with his husband. At least in Switzerland, it usually stays at that, stairs. I'm going to stick with the stare for a bit now. There's actually a thing called the Swiss stare, which happens at really odd times in my experience. Swiss blogger Mike Callaghan, who lives in Canada, explains the act as not rude, but as survival, quote, the Swiss stare to ensure the very own survival. If we follow from this logic and the explanation in the rest of his blog, as well as the other linked article I've shared with you, then the stare in this case of of my friend might mean several things. A warning for being different, not so good. A curiosity at difference, perhaps with desire to engage with the object but unsure how to do so, especially if they speak different languages. An unintentional stare of fatigue. Perhaps there are more possibilities as well. The point is that we really can't take it personally, even though it's difficult not to, and instead share with others the way our difference is valid, healthy, and to be celebrated. Still on stairs, it makes me think back to an experience in Hong Kong. We had a refugee student from the Democratic Republic of the Congo who was Black, which is relevant to the anecdote. I was his advisee in part because we could speak French together, which was one of his mother tongues. Several teachers and the director took a kind of parenting role with him because he was living on his own. So, in a way, we were all forming a kind of alternative family, one that could not replace having his family from home around him, but that tried to do what we could to support him. On one occasion, the young man had a problem with his leg that required going to the hospital, and I accompanied him on this trip. We were in the new territories, which meant that looking around the hospital, most people were from Hong Kong and China. And we were East Asian in race. Many school children in the area would also have quite a homogenous upbringing, relatively speaking. So we sat in a waiting area and were just having a chat. This girl of about 12 years old or so slowly walked toward us and then stopped right in front of my student. She stopped and she stared. It was probably only a couple of seconds, but I was worried about what she would say and trying to think of what to say to my student. Suddenly, she spoke up in very good English. You are so beautiful. Then she shook his hand and walked away. The young man was beaming and laughing humbly. Not all of his experience were this positive, but he was one of those people who really tried to see the best in humanity despite the horrific violence in his home, and I was happy that he had witnessed it again in this moment. Back to my point about laws and social constructs, there can also be biological factors on parents and their roles, such as the impact on a person before and after giving birth, as well as breastfeeding or feeding. and the way family and cultural traditions might cult- rank, create certain ways of acting or thinking about one's role within a parent's new role. But is there truly any difference between a mother and father in their parenting roles? Is there a difference to a person who chooses not to parent in the traditional sense or is not able to? What are the pressures we all face in the various roles that can be called parenting, and what are the rewards? For many, it may seem like a no-brainer. Just treat people with respect, and if the kid is well cared for, then great. But we still have discourse fighting the variety of parents, families, and personal choices that are out there. Recently, a woman was attacked on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives when Marjorie Taylor Greene told her she was, quote, not a mother because she had adopted her children, who were the children of her wife. And in a few weeks, we'll look at the attacks, often more subtle but just as dangerous, on childlessness. Over the next few weeks, we'll take a look at narratives around fathering, mothering, and childlessness. We'll look at films, books, and shorter pieces on the different concepts. We'll investigate the connotations and denotations. We'll consider further questions. What issues around parenting frustrate you, inspire you, fascinate you, and confuse you? Share your comments with us. Thanks a lot for listening to the Matterhorn podcast. You can access all of the links, including the videos, references, and research, as well as the possibility to sign up for a free subscription through the link in this episode.